Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an was set up to this malicious plan by the Sabai sect, the Munafiqeen. Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an had already agreed to the conditions of the rebels that came from Egypt and from Iraq, Kufa, Basra and did not give any opportunity to the hypocrites to spark up any disunity amongst the Ummah and especially with the Khilafat in Madinatul Munawwara. But again, the Sabai sect and especially the leaders, they were not prepared to go back without actually removing Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an from his position as a Khalifa. And so when the delegations that came from Iraq and Egypt were returning back to their destinations. The Egyptians on their way back to Egypt noticed that there was a man, a very suspicious looking man, on a horse at times prodding in front of the group, at times prodding at the back. And it seemed that this man wanted to attract the Egyptians that were going back to Egypt. And this was all a setup, of course with the group that was already in Madinatul Munawwara and I'm sorry if some of the brothers uh, can't pick up from exactly where we are uh, with the Asbaq, with the Duru session I think what is important that uh, we continue from where we left off and so you had a group of people that were still in Madinatul Munawwara and now when the Egyptians were going back to Egypt they caught this man they caught him a suspicious looking man and they searched him and this man was pretending to be the messenger, the envoy of Hadrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala all a plan and they searched him and they found a letter in his pocket 
And this letter had the seal of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala which of course was complete forgery. This letter was not written by Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and the seal was also a forge. And so they pressured this man, who are you? And he says, well I'm going to the governor of Egypt. And the contents of the letter were that when this convoy, the Egyptians, when they get back to Egypt, I want the governor of Egypt to kill every single one of them. And it was endorsed by Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And his name was there. Obviously the Egyptians felt that this was a complete betrayal on behalf of the people of Medina and especially Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an hardly have we left the borders of Madinatul Munawwara and what happens we catch a man who is the messenger for Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an again all well planned this man wanted to get caught and he was seeking the attention of these of these Egyptians anyway and so now the Egyptians go back to Madinatul Munawwara and have a meeting with Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, and they show, show him this letter. Now obviously Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an hasn't got a clue. And he said, this is not my letter, I haven't written this letter, and this is not my seal. But they were not in the mood to believe Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. In fact, they came with the intention and they were determined now that uh, we will make sure that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an resigns from his position as a khalifa. And they threaten him that we will not leave Madinatul Munawwara even if we have to kill you. Aliyazu billah. That is the son-in-law of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. And remember, Madinatul Munawwara was not prepared for this sort of aggression coming from the people of Kufa, Basra and Misr. It was the time for Hajj. A lot of the people were in the city of Makkah. A lot of the companions were in Jihad fi Sabirillah. Madinatul Munawwara was empty. And these people came with the intention to perform Hajj. So there was no preparation for Hadrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. And slowly in great numbers they started entering Madinatul Munawwara and were now uh, laying a siege to the city of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahu Akbar, my respected brothers, imagine they would speak to Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, and they said to him that we will restrict you only to going to the masjid access will be given to you only till the masjid and you cannot meet anyone else in Madinatul Munawwara so it's from your house to the masjid and after salah you have to come back Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an would go to the masjid lead the people to salah and you would have the munafiqeen the sabai people the sabai sect followers of Abdullah ibn Sabah going in the masjid performing salah and making sure that Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an returns back to his residence and this was now the preparation for siege trying to take over the city of Madinatul Munawwara and to 
make sure Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an resigns from his position as a Khalifa. This was a very difficult moment for the people of Medina. In fact, they did not even appoint anyone in charge uh, when they entered the city of Medina to Munawwara. The picture that was given is as if though Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Sabah was not the man in charge but the Egyptians had some other individuals the people of Kufa had other individuals four people and the Basriyin had also four leaders and so it was very very difficult for the companions Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair to even communicate with the Sabai sects eventually when the siege was laid things became so difficult then they restricted Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an from even going to the masjid. And they said to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, now you will have to perform all your salah in your residence where you live. That's it. And Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an's home house was very close to Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In fact, if he came out, he could actually see the sahan, the courtyard of Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they said no now you are not even allowed to perform salah and lead the people to salah until we come to a solution what we are to do with you what happened they did not even appoint hazrat ali or hazrat talha or hazrat zubair radiyallahu ta'ala an as uh, imams of uh, masjid nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam you would think that someone after Hazrat Uthman, the man to, to lead the people would be Hazrat Talha or Hazrat Ali or Hazrat Zubair. Instead, who comes along? A man whose name is Al-Ghafiqi. A man whose name is Al-Ghafiqi, self-appointed. And he comes in the masjid and he said, I am the Imam. I am the Imam and all of you will have to lead behind me. Now, of course, this is against the ruling of the Sharia. If the Khalifa is there, it is not permissible for anyone to stand on the Musalla but the Khalifa. Or otherwise, someone who is appointed by the Khalifa himself. And Al-Ghafiqi was not appointed by the Khalifa, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala. So some of the Sahaba, the companions and the people of Medina were unsettled and they were not praying Salah behind Al-Ghafiqi. And this was also causing a bit of tension. Until uh, Mashwara was taken by with Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And remember, Hazrat Uthman couldn't come out, but certain individuals could visit Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. So people would visit Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and they would say that this man, Al Ghafiqi, who is not even a Madani and he is leading the people to prayers, he is not even a Sahabi. Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala, how humble he was. And he said to the people of Medina that Salah is a noble deed. Salah is a noble deed. And if you read Salah, it is only khair. And so he said to the people of Medina, I am giving you permission that read Salah behind this man Al-Ghafiqi and don't create any tension. And so slowly now people were performing the Salah behind this man who is Al-Ghafiqi. Now some of the companions were of the opinion that Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, it would be better for him to leave this position of Khalifa and to be in charge of Khilafat 
and allow another man to take charge. Uh, the companion such as Hazrat Mughera ibn Akhnas, he's a Sahabi. And remember, Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were well wishes. And so they came to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala and they said that we want to see you alive and we need you and we want you. And so it is better that if they want another man to be the Khalifa for the Muslimin, let it be and resign from the office and resign your status of Khilafat and appoint somebody else. And it even might be Hazrat Talha, Zubair or Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. But when Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala heard this from Hazrat Mughira ibn Akhnas, he said to him, I will not take off the garment that has been given to me by Allah. I will not take off the garment, the garment of Khilafat. The garment of Khilafat that has been given to me by Allah. And he was actually following the advice that was given to him by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That a lot of pressure will come to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, but Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had said to him, Uthman, remain steadfast and be firm and don't give up the khilafat. And just to give him confidence, another sahabi who came, whose name is Abdullah ibn Umar, and he is the son of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar, of course, uh, he had the blood of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, and he came and he said to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala remember much junior to Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala but a lot of knowledge a lot of wisdom and so he said to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala tell me if you were to leave Khilafat and surrender to their conditions and allow someone else to take your position will you live in this dunya forever? Will you live in this dunya forever? Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar is questioning who? Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And so Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala said no. He said tell me, if you were to remain as a khalifa, khalifa of the muslimin, what can they do? The most they can do is to kill you. Can they do anything more than that? And Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala answered no. And then Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar said, tell me, is the decision of Jannah and Jahannam in the hands of the rebels, the Sabai sect? Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala answered no. And he says, Amirul Mu'mineen, if everything is in your power being a Khalifa, my view and a, my viewpoint is that you remain as a Khalifa Otherwise, Khilafat will become a joke. Otherwise, Khilafat will become a joke. Every time another Khalifa is appointed, if the people don't like that Khalifa, they will come, force him, threaten him, we will kill you. And eventually that man will also have to resign. And so it will become a joke. People will lose respect of the Islamic Khilafa. And so, be steadfast and make a lot of sabr and whatever Allah has decreed for you will happen and so Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala touched the shoulders of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he said Abdullah may Allah reward you but this is the advice that is given to me also by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this just shows my respected brothers the bravery of Hazrat Usman 
bin Affan radiyallahu ta'ala you'll find some of the enemies who describe Hazrat Usman radiyallahu ta'ala an with, with a very uh, a negative words when it comes to the subject of jihad and showing aggression but Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiyallahu ta'ala an for him to accept this and he knew that the end result would be shahadats but he did not want to spill blood in the city of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam this is the bravery this is the resolve that Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiyallahu ta'ala an showed to the people at that time and he said to the companions I will remain as a Khalifa and no one will force me to resign the maqam, the status that Allah has given me as a Khalifa. Now, it was also Yawmul Jumu'ah and it is said the Jumu'ah Salah is always led by the Khalifatul Muslimin. And this time what had happened, rather than Al-Ghafiqi to lead the people in Salah, the man appointed by Abdullah ibn Sabah was a person whose name was Ibn Odais. Ibn Odais. And he was a very good speaker, a good orator in the Arabic language. Remember the atmosphere was very, very different in Madinatul Munawwara. They were now actually surrounding the house of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. In the house, you had the family members, the wives, of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, and some companions that were there uh, with Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. and then you had a group of people standing close to the window and also people that were standing at the front door of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. and they were saying to Uthman bin Affan that you have only got a few hours to live you've only got a few hours to live and they were threatening him that soon we will kill you. Soon we will kill you. And so Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala looked at these people and said that if you kill me, this ummah will never unite. If you kill me, you will never unite. You will never go for jihad fi sabirillah together. And this was a fact. And you will see what happens uh, when the Khilafat of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an comes, the turmoil, the difficulty that even Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an faced. And he said to the rebels that were there, how shocking it is that where do you get your fatwa and who has given you this ruling that you can, you can kill the Khalifa of the Muslimin, Amirul Mu'mineen, who allows you, who has given you this decision, this power? When Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in one hadith that a person can only take the life of another person from one of the three conditions. From one of the three conditions. If a person disbelieves after believing in Allah. If a person disbelieves after believing in Allah. As in a person becomes murtad. He apostates from the deen of Islam. Then it is the death penalty. And secondly, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said, Death is to that person who does zina whilst he is in that state of nikah. That he is married to a woman and yet he does zina. Then there is death to that person, stoning him to death. And then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa says, Otherwise, if you have taken the life of an individual unlawfully, then in retribution you will also be killed. 
And so that Usman radiallahu ta'ala and said, Alhamdulillah, I am a believer. And a mu'minun haqqa. I have the love of Islam, I have the love of Allah, I have the love of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said, never mind doing, doing zina uh, after embracing Islam. I have never done zina even in jahiliyyah. I have not done zina in jahiliyyah. Which is very rare. Which is very rare. Why? The Arabs... Uh, were people who would drink a lot of alcohol. Alcohol was was their was part of their life. They, they could not do without drinking alcohol. And also, these were people who had many many wives, many many wives, as many as forty, fifty women, many many wives, and they would do a lot of zina also. But this was before before Islam came to them. Omar Farooq, you only have a choice of four. Now the men only have a choice of four. And that is also with strict conditions. Very strict condition. That if you are going to show equality between the two. Equality between the two. Maulana Thani rahmatullah had two wives. And someone gave him uh, a, a fruit. And uh, two uh, fruits were... Uh, Watermelon, Kharbuza, ji, watermelon, mashallah. And two watermelons were given to Maulana Thani rahmatullah And someone said, Hazrat, this is for your one family and this is for your second wife. And so we will take one to this house and one to that house. Maulana Thani said, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Slice each watermelon into two halves and give each half to each of the wife. In case one is sweet, and one is sour. Allahu Akbar. This was equality. And so equality is very, very important. And so when Islam came to the people of Arabia, MashaAllah Ta'ala, these were people that become, became very, very pious people. There was no zina. But Hazrat Uthman was an exception. He said, never mind after embracing Islam, even in Jahiliyyah. I was a man who has never fornicated. I have never done zina. Allahu Akbar kabira. And so, Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an was there in that position. But what was I actually going into? Three conditions. And he said, all of the three conditions are not with me. So, who gave you the fatwa that you can actually... Uh, execute and you have the intention to kill the Khalifa of the Muslimin and he said that you have to be very very careful because it is haram for you to kill someone and especially someone who is a believer a mu'min and especially someone who is a Khalifa of the Muslimin warning the rebels that were out there surrounding the house and so this man Ibn Udais comes and he leads the people for Jumu'ah and in his Jumu'ah he only spoke about Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, and he spoke lies about Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, and he said that we feel that Hazrat Uthman is not fit for the Muslimin to remain as a Khalifa, and we need to have someone else as the Khalifa for the Muslimin. And so after Juma Salah, again the companions that were there and the people of Medina were not happy at all. But this was the order given to the people of Medina that whoever is the imam you have to pray salah behind that person and so 
after Jumu'ah Salah, some of the companions went to the house of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala and imagine Hazrat Usman could not even perform Jumu'ah Salah in Masjid al-Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The suffocation that they gave him, the difficulty that they put in front of him. Hazrat Abu Bakr's Khilafat was very different. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala's Khilafat was very different. Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala's Khilafat was very very different. And so when they came to him and explained the contents of the khutbah, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala got very angry and he says, Wallah, what Ibn Odais has said is nothing but lies. And he said, I take the, I, I, I swear in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I am the fourth man to embrace Islam. I am the fourth man to embrace Islam. And he said to the people, that who amongst the companions has been honored to marry two daughters of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Not even Hazrat Abu Bakr, not even Hazrat Umar, not even Hazrat Ali, none of the companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam except for Hazrat Uthman. And he said, don't you remember that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to me, Uthman, if I had uh, more daughters, I would have given them to you in nikah. I am pleased with you. I am Pleased with you. And then Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an said to the people that since the day I have embraced Islam, I have never lied. I have never lied. And he said, my right hand has never touched my private parts. Why? Once Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had touched my right hand. And he said that I had compiled the Qur'an whilst Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was hayat and alive. This is how much Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam trusted me. And Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an said that every Friday since the day I have embraced Islam, and remember he was the fourth man to embrace Islam. So the man who was uh, in the first batch of the Muslimin, he said, it, it has been my habit that every Jumu'ah, before performing Salatul Jumu'ah, I would free a slave. I would free a slave. Charity to the free, freeing a slave. Allahu Akbar. And he said, if I could not find a slave, then I would compensate it for the next Jumu'ah. And I would free two slaves. Or I would free three slaves. And this has been my habit. And Ibn Uday says that I am not the right man for the Muslimin. And he started saying to the people that were around him and especially the rebels. Some of the rebels were showing some respect to Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. They would sympathize with him of course. Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala thought that the best option for me would be to at least mention to them my virtue. Mentioned by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hadith, possibly that would soften their hearts. And so the group of rebels that were out, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala and from the doorstep did, did a wa'az to them, a takreer, a speech, and said, don't you remember that I was with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the mountain of Hira? With me was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar Farooq, and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was also there. And the mountain of Hira started to shake and Allah's Nabi kicked it kicked the mountain with, with the right foot and said Uskun ya Hira be calm O Hira fa inna alayka nabiyun don't you know that on you is a Nabi 
and a Siddiq and a group of Shuhada. And did Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam not say that about his companions and the rebels that were there and some of the people uh, who could uh, trace back this hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam? They said, of course, Osman, we verify the words that you have said, that these are the words of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in your praise. And then Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala said that, you want to kill me? Have, don't you read the verses of the Qur'an? Open up the Qur'an and look at Bay'atul Rizwan in Surah Al-Fatah, where Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he was sitting under the tree, and he appointed me as his khalifa, as the messenger to go and speak with the people of Makkah, Mushrikeen in Makkah, and the rumors were circulating that the people of Makkah have killed Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam got so angry that under the tree he said to all of the companions that I want you to do bay'ah, to do bay'ah, the oath of allegiance at the hands of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that they will do jihad, everyone will do jihad until all of us are shaheed to avenge the blood of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And verses of the Qur'an were revealed. And they were revealed because of my incident with the people of Makkah. And they said yes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given uh, the certificate of Jannah to those people who pledged at the hands of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala said, don't you remember what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said? He said to the people, Hazihi yadi, this is my hand, wahazihi yadu Usman, and this is the hands of Uthman. And Allah's Nabi clasped the two hands together and said, My one hand is the hand of Uthman. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Look, this is Uthman's bay'ah at the hands of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses of the Quran giving Jannah to everyone that was present there. And he said, don't you remember when at the time of Tabuk, the campaign of Tabuk, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam stood up and he said, who will help the Muslimin in this campaign of Tabuk? And Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala said, I stood up and I gave 950 camels in the path of Allah. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in that one sitting said, Uthman fil Jannah. That Uthman is in? Jannah. And half of the army was equipped by the funds that I had given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Fifty percent of it was given by my wealth. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Usman is in Jannah. And he reminded the people that what are you people doing? Don't you remember when Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in its first phase? And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wanted to do the extension. And there was a house close by. Allah's Nabi stood up and he said, Who will buy that house and make it waqf to this masjid? And Allah will give him Jannah. And I was the first one to stand up. Don't you remember? And I bought that house and I gave it to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, For Uthman is Jannah. Allahu Akbar. Don't you remember that? Jannah upon Jannah given to Hazrat Usman. Jannah upon Jannah given to Hazrat Usman. And he said to the people, don't you remember, when you came to Madinatul Munawwara, the only sweet water available was with that Jewish man and the well of Roma. Bire Roma. We've covered that. The well of Roma. 
And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Who will buy this well for the Muslimin and make it work for the Muslimin? Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala answered, I paid for the entire well and I made it work for the Muslimin. And today the Muslims are drinking sweet water and you deny me water to drink? And you deny me water to drink? And these rebels were looking at Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, but Allahu Akbar, these were people who had made up their mind that they wanted to soak their hands in blood until history remains. Allahu Akbar. And now, what was the attitude of the companions? Of course, the difficulty was that they would not allow everyone to go and visit Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala. Remember, they were as many as three to four thousand people. And Medina to Munawwara was quite empty at that time. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala sent a message to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. You see, you will find a lot of people saying that Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Usman were in disagreement. Inna lillahi wa inna rajiun. Let me tell you who were the bodyguards of Hazrat Uthman in the house, in his own house. Hazrat Hassan. Who was his bodyguard? The bodyguard of Hazrat Uthman? Hazrat Hassan ibn Ali. Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala and the son of Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Abu Huraira, Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar, and Hazrat Abdullah ibn Zubair. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Zubair. And what did Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala say? He said to Hazrat Uthman, somebody went to visit Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala with the message of Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Ali said that I have prepared an army of 500 men. I have prepared an army internally in Madinatul Munawwara, a group of 500 men. You give us the permission, being the Khalifa of the Muslimin, and we will fight the Egyptians and the people of Iraq. Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala sent a reply back and said, May Allah reward my brother Ali. May Allah reward my brother Ali. But Ali, I don't want to spill blood in the city of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I will do sabr and whatever Allah wills will happen. Allahu Akbar. Uh, who can do that today, my respected brothers, if a man has an opportunity to save his skin, to save his life... Uh, a man will do everything. A man will do everything. But look at the bravery, the courage of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala. And the second senior sahabi was Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala also sent a, a message with someone and said to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala that Amir al-Mu'mineen, if you want, I can join you in your house. And I can be with you amongst the group of people that are also inside. And Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala said that I am with you and we disagree with the people that are out there who have come from Egypt. And Hazrat Zubair gave the message that all of the people of Medina are with you. Again Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala said to Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Zubair was a great mujahid. And Hazrat Usman said to Hazrat Zubair that I want you to stay in your own homes and leave me inshallah ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect me. And so all of the companions that were there inshallah we will cover that in our next session and also the, the wives of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam how they saw this event and of course the muqaddamat 
slowly that leads to the event of the shahadat of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala but Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala was sitting close to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and he started crying and he said to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala all of your answers that you have given to the companions remind me of the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and remember that Hazrat Abu Huraira is the man who has narrated the most hadith from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so again he had this photographic memory in the beginning he said ya rasulullah i don't have a very sharp memory and allah's nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that uh, take off your shawl and the shawl was taken off and allah's nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam prayed something on it and said now put this shawl back on you and hazrat abu huraira radiyallahu ta'ala an says that all of a sudden uh, things had completely changed for me and every hadith that I would hear from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was forever recorded in the mind and so he is the sahabi who has narrated the most ahadith from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he said that I remember Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying to us takunu ba'di fitnatun wa umurun that he said to Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an when I leave this dunya, you will see a lot of fitna, turmoil, and difficulties upon the ummah. And so that Abu Huraira said to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what are we to do in the days of fitna? And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, that follow the one who is ameen, wahizbihi and his group. And so that Abu Huraira said, who is the man who will be ameen? And who are we to follow? Which group? And Hazrat Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to me, Abu Huraira stand up. And he pointed to Hazrat Usman. Allah's Nabi pointed to Hazrat Usman and said, Remember when the difficulty will come upon my ummah, Uthman will be on the right path. Uthman will be on the right path. This is the difficulty, Allahu Akbar, and the shahadat of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And inshallah we will continue with this. In the next session, Dua Kalle. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammadin Nabi Lumi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Sami'na wa ta'ana gufranak rabbana wa ilayk al-masir. Birahmatika ya rahim.